What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the PropG Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of PropG Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome to First Bite, a legitimate First Bite. Our Lions preview podcast is back. Lions preseason game one is Friday night. We're recording about 45, 48 hours, I should say, ahead of time. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I am the editor-in-chief over at Pride of Detroit. With me is my co-host for First Bite, Ryan Matthews at Ryan underscore P-O-D. Ryan, we're officially back. There's something about being introduced as the co-host of First Bite when it's honest-to-goodness football season that just hits a little bit better. Like, it hits it, a little more yeah. right. Uh, yeah, and if, if this is your first time joining us on the on the podcast this year, uh, First Bite is our preview podcast. We do midweek. We typically have a guest from the opponent's uh, to help break down their team. But since this is a preseason and the Lions aren't even game, game planning for the Buffalo Bills, all Lions talk today. We'll do two quick 15, 20 minute segments. Get out of here nice and quick for you guys. That's why it's just a little bite. It's a little first bite. Uh, Ryan, football is about to be here. We're going to split this one between offense and defense. Let's just jump right into it. Offense expectations. What's something you are looking forward to maybe not something you're expecting, but at least something you're you're hoping to see or looking to see or uh, just going to be looking out for on the offensive side of the ball on Friday. I want to see Jared Goff take a shot downfield. I, I <laughs> yeah. want like I mean, it, it seems that's the recurring, um, you know, nightmare that uh, Lions fans keep on reliving each and every single day is that like Jared Goff is this super safe who is checking down to his receivers and and playing it safe. And when he is taking shots downfield, they're not connecting. I want to see Jared Goff do it in a game. I want to see him set back in a nice, clean pocket. I know the first team offense is going to be out there for a, about a quarter, according to you know Dan Campbell the other day. So I, I want to see, and, and here's the thing, who knows how long the Bills starters will be out there on defense. Um, regardless, I, I want to see Goff take some shots downfield. I don't care if it's out of play action. I don't care if it's out of, you know, shotgun. I don't care what formation it's in. I just want to see him try to go downfield and and find and not just find a receiver, but connect with the receiver. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, the the one the one pushback I would have is he's not going to have his full arsenal of weapons, most likely. And we'll we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, so to me, I'm going to push that one aside for a little bit, even though I, I would be thrilled to see that. I want to see the offensive line dominate. And not even just look good. I want to see them dominate. And and yes, that that's probably high expectations for a team that's going to be starting a rookie right tackle. And and you know who knows what's going on with with Vitae at right guard. And Jonah Jackson needs to improve from his rookie season. But um, this is a, a, a unit we have a lot of high expectations for. And listen, I'm I'm a little concerned about the passing game a little bit based on what I've seen in camp. You know what will make me feel a lot better? They can run the ball a heck of a lot. And so. You know, they, they might not have DeAndre Swift in this game, but a good offensive line. You could have, you know, Jamal Williams running back there. You could maybe have Dedrick Mills running back there and, and being successful. So I want to see that happen because 
it, it's something that you can't really gauge fully in, in training camp because there's not a lot of live hitting going on. So if, if they can really show me that there's signs of life there in a running game and pass protection, uh, I'm going to feel a lot better about this offense. Well, I know that it's going to have to happen with that first team offensive line because the second team offensive line has been struggling. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if you're going to see it, hopefully you see it early on. But I'm right there with you. I, I think I think it kind of goes a little hand in hand with what, what I want to see like that. Sure. That offensive line has to be given Jared Goff enough time to to set up in a, a nice clean pocket. So knock on wood that, uh, you know, the Lions get as many receivers out there as they can in terms of, you know, a healthy receivers out there, at least I should say. But I'm uh, I'm right there with you with the offensive line. All right, well, let's let's go position by position here and just kind of talk about some of the guys that we're, we're going to be keeping an eye on. Maybe maybe some of the storylines for these individual positions. We can start right there with quarterback. We already talked a little bit about Jared Goff and and his ability or, or inability to go deep. Um, anything else you're looking for him specifically since we're going to get, you know, 12, 15 plays out of him on, on Friday? Um, just to limit the turnover worthy plays. You know, yeah. I think I think ball control and ball security is something that has um you know, reared its ugly head when it comes to Jared Goff, uh, especially in the past couple of seasons. He's he's really struggled with ball security. So and to be honest, that's something that Matthew Stafford had some trouble with uh, cool. over the, the last couple of seasons, you know, not just related to interceptions, but putting the ball on the ground and fumbles and, and things like that. So I'm hoping to see a really. Even if it ends up being a limited offense, even if it ends up because it's preseason, it's going to be pretty vanilla, right? But like, I just want to see the offense not turn the ball over. And beyond that, like, I I have some expectations for Jared Goff where it's like, not just like not throw the interception, but like not throw the play that should have been an interception, like making the right decisions. I mean, but now now he's got a balance, right? Like if if he's taking all these deep shots that you want him to, those are those can be turnover worthy plays. Hey, I I think if if he just checks down and doesn't get the turnovers, he's he's completed one of your goals. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's true. Um, So I'm kind of setting him up for failure in my eyes uh, is what you're saying. I saw something that I thought was a really good note. Did you see the little clip of Zach Wilson uh, during his press conference talking about practice? No, I didn't. All right. So he I, I thought he gave a great answer for a rookie, especially a quarterback. But he talked about how, you know, ball, you know, ball security and ball control matters so much in the NFL and it boils down to like the quarterback, whether or not the quarterback is keeping, you know, the offense on the field. And he said in practice, like those are my times to make mistakes. And he's been, you know, throwing a ton of interceptions and that's been noted out of training camp, but he's like, this is the time when I get to like take my shots and figure out like what I can get away with and what I can't get away with. Yeah. So, you know, Hey, it's preseason football too, at the same, at the same time. So I, I, I get, I get the yin and the yang with that. Um, but I, I, I want to see Jared Goff play a clean game. Um, let's move quickly to the, to the backup quarterback situation. Yeah. Um, and even though Chris isn't here and I know he loves backup quarterback talk, um, I'm, I'm kind of interested in just see who, who they tried out there first. Cause they've literally been going back and forth each day with, with Tim Boyle and, and David Blau. Um, I, I don't know if there's anything in particular I'm, I'm looking for out of these two. Just, I guess just one looking better than the other. Cause basically the story that of training camp has been Tim Boyle's got a heck of an arm, but it flies anywhere when he throws it, who knows where it's going to go. And David Blau just kind of looks like David Blau. Like he's okay, but he's not going to wow anybody really with his skills. Do you think that there's any chance that the backup quarterback plays any reps with the first team offensive line and maybe like the rest of the first team offense? 
That's a really good question. Um, I mean, I don't even know how you define the rest of the first team offense, considering yeah. all the injuries they're dealing with right. at the skill right. position players. But I think it might be smart to to get you know maybe a series uh, out of out of the first team offensive line, if for no other reason to get more time for that first team offensive line. If they're going to be as good as we we hope they are, they're going to need some time to gel in a real life game situation. So that that's an interesting thought. I hadn't really considered that. And the only reason why I say that is because of all the talk out of camp about how bad the second offensive line yeah, is. It you don't want to get like one of those guys injured. If you're throwing your backup quarterback to the wolves, I mean, goodness gracious, how are any of those guys going to separate themselves from, from one another? So, um, but yeah, let's go to running back. Uh, you know, you already mentioned Deandre Swift, probably not going to play on Friday. Hasn't been yep. too active in training camp, you know, dealing with, you know, some injuries there, but, you got Jamal Williams. I think the big talk out of camp has been how charismatic the dude is. Yeah. But as Chris Burke mentioned, like this guy is more than just, you know, chummy with the fans. Like he's right. he's he's a real deal dude out of the out of the backfield. I, I think the thing about him is that he's just the complete package. Like if you look at his time in Green Bay, the stats don't blow you away. Four point oh yards per carry. Um but he does catch like 30 some passes a year. He's really good at pass protection. He'll, he'll really do anything you, you want him to and, and do it at an above average level. And, and you need someone like that. And again, if your offensive line is good enough, then that can make an above average player look like a great player. So I think we'll get I don't know if we're going to get a ton of him in this game because of all the injuries at the depth like Jamar Jefferson. I would be very surprised if he plays in this game after injuring, uh, I believe it was his ankle earlier this week. He, he was back at practice today, but it was mostly a walkthrough and he didn't do much team stuff. So um, we'll, we'll see a little bit of Jamal Williams. And I'm excited for that because you're right, like the hype around him so far has just been his personality. But I think people are overlooking some of those skills there. Then you look down on the depth chart. So no Jamar Jefferson, no DeAndre Swift. That means you're getting Godwin Iguabuke, who's still making that transition from safety. You're getting Diedrich Mills. Uh, they, they cut Michael Warren with an injury designation, which means we might get a new guy that we basically know nothing about, uh, Javon Leak, who you know was at practice today, but we didn't see him do much. So I don't know. Like, t- does, does th- this is a kind of a crude question to ask, but any of these depth guys' performance does it even matter to you? Because it, it doesn't really seem like any of them have a, a significant chance at making the roster here. Yeah, I I, I don't know how much a I, I should say, like, I don't, I don't know how much impact a, a big game from a running back will have on the depth chart when it comes yeah. to, you know, putting this roster together. I, you know, I, I don't see any of these guys like having a Zach Zenner type game or, you know, any of those running backs from yesteryear that kind of made their way onto the to the team. I, I don't see that happening because I think the Lions are pretty locked in one through four if you count Cabinda um right. as, as a running back as well. So um it really like the Jamar Jefferson the, the Jamar Jefferson injury was the most interesting uh aspect to it. If he was gonna miss like significant time, well then all of a sudden you need an RB three. Um but with with it seeming like he's his injury isn't very serious, it seems like, you know running back room is set. Yeah, and it's kind of a bummer he's unlikely to play in this game because I think Lions fans are, are really eager to see him and uh, I oh, think yeah. he would he would like if 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 we get some Jamar Jefferson in the second half of any of these preseason games, I think he might tear up some third and fourth string defenses. Yeah, I I'm I'm right there with you. Like I mean, the stuff that you've especially set out of camp in terms of like his one cut ability. Yeah. Yep. I'm I'm excited to see that. 
explosion. Um, wide receivers, uh, another very beat up group. Um, I would say we probably aren't going to expect Quintus Cephas to play, Damian Ratley to play, Chad Hansen to play, Brashad Perriman's probably unlikely to play, although he's trending upwards. So, so what's left? What what left is interesting from this group, Ryan? Uh, obviously, Golden Tate's favorite player, Amon yeah. Ross St. Brown, is going to be. Point. Yeah, he's he's probably going to be the. He's probably going to have my eyes the most like Jared yeah. Goff, obviously, is going to be under a microscope. But Amon Ra is going to be under a spotlight. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, like, I, I think that he's going to really have an opportunity to shine. But I want to talk about some more of the depth guys. Like, what okay. about what about Tom Kennedy? What about mm-hmm. Victor Bolden? Like, do do these guys have a legit chance at cementing their spot on the roster with, you know, so many injuries? I mean, they're certainly going to have an opportunity to to prove to to really make an impression. And obviously, I think the kick return punt return battle will will be a little bit of an interesting one to watch going forward between Khalif Raymond and Victor Bolden. Bolden didn't do a ton of returns today, and I don't know if that was an injury thing or just, you know, rotating some of the other guys in. So that's something to kind of keep an eye on for Friday. Um, But like, you know, like a a guy like Sage Surratt, who I think a lot of people were, were really high on when the Lions got him in the UDFA process hasn't really shown up in camp, but you make an impression in a game, suddenly, you know, they're, they're going to pay attention to you. I mean, Dan Campbell said it today, like, the preseason factors in a lot. Like, if you're working your ass off during training camp, but you don't show up on the preseason games, that's a red flag. And really, I think the vice, the, the opposite is true. Like, if you're not pulling through on, on training camp for whatever reason, but you show up on game night, well, that's the opposite of red. That's a green flag, I guess. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know what the opposite of red flag is. So, I, you know, I, I, that's I, right. I guess... I think I think you're you're right. Like I think this is an opportunity for some of these guys to make an impression. I don't think they can win a job outright. I think a lot of these guys might be more fighting for a job on the practice squad. But you know, Tom Kennedy is a guy who a lot of people have mentioned. You know, does pretty well against the Lions' second and third team defense. I could see him do that in the in the second half of Friday night and and kind of you know continuing that upward trajectory. Which I mean, I feel like Kennedy has been in this position every training camp for the past couple of years. And I don't know if he'll ever really get over the hump to, you know, make a 53 or, or even be part of a uh, an offensive game plan or anything like that. But I think he's a he's a guy that really could shine on, on Thursday and Friday. Yeah. 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 And, you know, what? the other thing you mentioned uh, with, you know, in terms of showing up in training camp, but not showing up in the preseason games, there's some guys who really have to rise, you know, raise their stock. I think it's the tight end group. Sure. I mean. You know, obviously, TJ Hawkinson and Darren Fells, they're absolute locks to make the roster. They're going to be your tight end one, your tight end number two. But we've talked about this all offseason long. This is an offense that probably will use three tight tight ends at times. Um, And specifically when they need an extra guy to come in and block. Probably going to be tight end three. So, you know, you you look at the Alizé Max of the world. You look at Charlie T. um, What? What tight end do you think has the best opportunity to show up and shine out on Friday? I think it's probably Alizé Mack um, because, I mean, the way you shine, at least in terms of like the lay person's view is really catch a lot of passes. Right. And I think Alizé Mack is maybe one of the more athletic guys of the group and, and guys that that's shown the ability to separate a little bit. I do think it's interesting that Dan Campbell earlier this week basically broke down the entire tight end room, um, mm-hmm. except for Hunter Thedford, for whatever reason, he just completely lost Hunter Thedford. I, I mean, I, I'm really liking what I'm seeing out of Charlie T. Um, but he but Campbell also said, I think he's the furthest away, which mm-hmm. which is, I mean, 
again, weirdly transparent. And and I don't know what you think about that if you're Charlie D and you hear that. But he also kind of he said the most about him, which also tells me that he's really intrigued by him. And I think the part that's intriguing about him is that he can do both. Like he's also a really athletic guy that that can create some separation and he's starting to show some some blocking abilities as well. And so, I mean, Dan Campbell specifically said they're looking for in that third spot to be able. I mean, the basically job of the third tight end is to fill in where he's needed. And if Mm -hmm. either of those guys go down, whether it's Hawkinson or uh, or Darren Fells, they both have very specific roles. So the third guy needs to be able to do both. And I think Charlie T has a chance. He just needs like like uh, like Campbell said, he needs to get those reps. So Friday's a big opportunity for him. Yeah, for sure. And I, I really think the tight end that stands out on Friday is going to be the tight end that doesn't necessarily show up that much in the box score. Like it's going to be something yeah. that you're going to have to you're going to have to check out on film and you're going to have to stick to pride of Detroit. Love it. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's uh, let's go to the, that offensive line. Uh, we, we've talked about the I, we all know the starting five. Um, we, we all know expectations are high. Um, you know, I mentioned it at the top, uh, you know, what what my expectations are in, in, in week one here, the preseason. So let's maybe talk about the depth a little bit, because you mentioned it already. Like, there's a lot of questions there. We're probably not going to see Tyrell Crosby on there. So there will be some opportunities there for the depth offensive tackles. But I think really the the fascination with me is is the interior guys, because all of those guys are basically completely inexperienced. And so Friday's a huge opportunity again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I- the name Logan Stenberg seems like mm-hmm. it's going to be as far as preseason goes. This is like must see TV for people. We're talking about a second year guard who basically redshirted his freshman year. You know, yeah. no playing time at all whatsoever. So, I mean, you're going to go Logan Stenberg. Check him out on Friday. I, I, I think it's just it's it's an opportunity for him to kind of put away some of the I don't want to say bad talk that he's gotten during training camp, but like nobody's really had great things to say about Logan Senberg. Ryan, he hasn't been good. If I'm being completely honest, he hasn't been good. But I mean, let's let's put an exclamation point here. This is his first NFL game. Essentially, there wasn't Mm -hmm. a preseason last year. Right. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like the dude did not play NFL football. Yeah. So. So. I'm willing to give him a chance, but it it does not look good. And he's starting to for me to, to slide down you know, into serious consideration of being off the bubble in, in, in a bad way. So, you know, yeah, huge game for him. And then I don't know, like you can point to an Evan, like all those guys are all fighting for spots. And yeah. I, I I don't even know who who's leading the way there. I mean, I know who's repping ahead of who, but in terms of like actual performance, it's obviously hard to, to keep tabs on that without uh, the benefit of replay in, in training camp. So to me, it's just. Who, who's going to show up? Because you're right. It, it, the second team offensive line has just not looked great. Third team offensive line not looked great. And, and that does speak a little bit to the line's defensive depth. But uh, we'll get to that in, in a, after the break. Um, anything else from the offense you're, you're looking forward to, to seeing uh, against the Bills? You know, I'm just looking forward to Matt Nelson absolutely stonewalling whoever is set up across from him as a pass rusher. And he's going to do it all by himself with his big boy pants on. Um. But no, in, in all earnest, I, I think what I'm most excited for on Friday is just football, man. Like, yeah. it, you know, this offense has been you know, I, I wrote my open thread last week and it was like, does the offense concern you right now? Because it's really concerning me. And, you know, Friday's the the first real, real in quotations, look at it. And that's what I'm most excited for. 
All right. And with that, we are going to take a break. When we come back, all about that defense. We're all excited about the defense. It's going to be so much better this year, or at least it probably can't be worse. So let's talk about it right after we come back from this break on First Bite, the Lions preview, preview podcast at Pride of Detroit. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back here. First bite, first preseason game, Lions-Bills this Friday night. Locally and nationally televised, by the way, on NFL Network. Uh, we talked about the offense. Let's move to the defense. And again, before we get into position by position stuff, Ryan... I know you. I know you're excited about the defense. I think maybe a little bit more so than the offense because your 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 guy Aaron Glenn. What what's something specific that you want to see on on Friday night from this defense? So I think the most talk out of camp about the defense has been the improvements that they that everyone has seen, and I mean this is like widespread across the entire beat. But like the improvements they've seen from Jeff Okuda, mm-hmm. and I'm super excited to see Jeff Okuda play on Friday, but I'm going to look at that defensive line. I want to see Twinkle Toes. I want to see Lee <laughs> McNeil. Like, yeah. for, for, you know, for, for as much talk has been made about Jeff Okuda kind of taking on this, like, leadership role where he's being very vocal and he has Jacobs attached to his hip at all times and he's got Jacobs pick, picking his brain. I, I'm just really enamored with the story of Lee McNeil because this is a dude who is a rookie and he's just... He's a starter like he's day one. He's going to be yep. starting and he's going to be playing a, a, I think, a more prominent role than than a lot of fans are kind of expecting because he is playing that nose tackle position. But, you know, people have been raving about him in camp and what he's been able to do against Frank Ragnow and how, you know, him and Frank talk about like, you know, moves and, and things like that. So I'm, I'm really excited about seeing the big guy get to work. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the fact like. It's not just you know the media too that that seemed to be wowed by him. Like the coaches are just raving about this guy. It was just the other day. Todd Wash, the defensive line coach, says this guy is so much better than we we thought when we drafted him. He's yeah, got right? so much more what athleticism. And and like I kn- I know you hear some stuff like that every year from from coaches, but we've been given so much honesty from this coaching staff from the beginning. And like the fact that some of these, I mean, they're saying some like. Like we just talked about Dan Campbell being very honest about some of the bad things about the tight ends group. Like when you when you've built in that much honesty, when you say a compliment about a, a guy like Ali McNeil, it it really rings true. And I, I feel like everyone's being honest when they say something like that. So the the only the only one I would feel is maybe being a little dishonest is, is Antoine Rand- Randall L. When he said he thinks this is a great wide receiver group. But what is he going to say there? Yeah, Um, I. I 
I'm just I don't I don't even know what I'm looking for in this defense. I think part of me is looking for a little bit of more aggressiveness because I think I've seen a little more aggressiveness in camp. But at the same time, we're talking preseason. We're talking kind of vanilla schemes here, so they might not dial up a lot of blitzes. I hope they do, just because I wanna I wanna wet that ap- appetite a little bit. But um, yeah, to me, I just I want to see pressure. Pressure. I don't care where it comes from. I don't care, uh, you know who who's generating it. I want to see some pressure on the quarterback. I you know what? I got to push back a little there, Jeremy, because we know who the Bills' starting quarterback is going to be in this game it's not going to be josh allen it's going to be mitch trubisky so i hope the pressure is coming from the right so we see mitch (laughs) trubisky have to throw left (laughs) that's a good point that's a great point (laughs) um all right let's let's start with that defensive line let's let's do the interior a little bit because there's a lot going on there right now and it's not all good because we came into camp thinking this is a really deep defensive tackle group and then the football god said, ha, 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 we have other plans. Uh, <laughs> Levi Onzerike, not going to play. Um, been working. Re- we learned today that he has a back injury lingering from Washington. Um, they've been working on rehabbing it and, and building strength. He saw a couple specialists, which is something that kind of makes you wince a little bit when you hear the word specialist. But apparently he'll return to practice next week. So that's good. Um, Deshaun Hand injured himself this week. Doesn't sound like it's serious, but would be very surprised to see him play. Didn't practice today. John Penasini has been out for a while. Nick Williams has COVID. I don't think I'm missing anyone else, but man, that means we're relying on a bunch of guys that were just added in the past week or two. Uh, like you mentioned, Aleem McNeil. Michael Brocker's probably not going to play. He hasn't been doing any team stuff, so that's another guy that's out. So the guys that are in are uh, Aleem Bruce McNeil. Hector. <laughs> Did you say Phil Spector? No, I said Bruce. <laughs> Bruce Hector. <laughs> uh kevin strong who who's having a, a good camp and yeah like a bunch of reserve guys so um i i hate to say it but like outside of lee mcneil i don't care about the rest of this because none of these guys are gonna make the team yeah it's kind of like johnson uh, like that's a fun storyline in a former lines draft pick coming back and being a, a reserve nose tackle but unless john penasini has a serious injury i don't think there's a chance pj johnson will make the roster yeah, it's kind of like the um, the running back room over on yeah. offense. It's like, I, I think everybody knows who's going to be on that defensive line in the interior. It's just we need to get them healthy and we need to get them there. Yeah. All right. Let's just let's just move to edge then, um, because I think the edges are are something exciting to talk about, something uh, that um, could have a lot of potential. Obviously, you get you got your starters in Romeo and Trey Flowers, but I think the depth there is also very interesting because Julian's having a good camp. Um, Austin Bryant had a good couple days this week, and we just talked to I I think, to me, maybe the guy I'm looking forward to most on defense is Austin Bryant because, I know, we we talked to him today, and and the guy just seems super eager to get out there. He, he, He said a lot of the same things Deshaun Hand said, which is just like, yeah, the first two years were frustrating. I don't think not being able to show is frustrating and you know he he now had a full off season where where he was mostly healthy you know he, he entered training camp with an issue um we don't know exactly what it was and he didn't feel like sharing but he had an, he this was the first off season he said where he had the f- entire off season to train and not rehab and so we're starting to see some of those flashes and like uh like uh kelvin shepherd said we need those flashes to turn into consistency let's see it in the game yeah, now now's going to be the time because Austin Bryan is firmly on the bubble, right? 
Yeah. I mean, he's he's right there. And I think he's a guy, he's a great candidate for somebody who could have a big preseason and play his way onto the roster. No doubt. 100%. Um, 100%. Yeah. And you know, I, I'm super excited about Julian Oquara. Mm-hmm. Like I'm 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 really excited about Julian Oquara because we we've heard some really good things in camp um about his level of play. And it's just such a great story. Like Romeo yeah. and Julian, it's it's such a great story. So um that's that's what i'm really looking forward to from from the edge yeah and the i mean the other guys also have you know some intrigue there obviously charles harris is a guy that the former mm-hmm. first round pick he's right there on the roster bubble with austin bryant has a, a big opportunity to prove in a new scheme in a new place with a you know quote-unquote good lions coaching staff um you know has a chance to revitalize his career and, and does it happen a lot with with guys that came, came into league with his stature and hasn't had the success in three or four years. Not often, but you never know. And and he hasn't he hasn't made a huge impression, but I wouldn't say he's looked out of place at all either. So um, I think another another big opportunity for him on, on Friday. Yeah, and uh, a performance by Charles Harris that would you know catapult him into being a roster lock will show up in the box score because he is yeah. kind of like that one trick pony, right? Yep. Like if he's out there, it's it's to get after the quarterback. That's that's going to be his role, but. I, Jeremy, we got to talk about the linebackers because it's maybe the most in, enigmatic group yeah. of any any group because you you have your starters, but the pecking order for the reserves. I, do you know what it is? And I mean, not if if you're going based on you know training camp snaps, Jelani Tavai is probably there with the second team. Uh, I wouldn't say Jalen Reeves Maven has worked his way up there. Sean Dion Hamilton is is right up there as well. Um, I mean, th- there's so many interesting storylines here. Like, Der- like we got to hear today, Derek Barnes is going to play, and I think that's something that's going to get Lions fans fired up because he hasn't. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can't tell you much about Derek Barnes because he hasn't played much with the pads on. So um, that's something to really be excited and, and, and look forward to. But you're right. Like, there's just I'm looking at this roster like. 55 Derek Barnes, Anthony Pittman has had, you know, flashes in, 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 in camp as well. I, I don't know. I, I don't I can't answer your question. But yeah, like everyone wants to see what, what uh, Tavai looks like, what, lo- you know, losing all the, the 20, 30 pounds. Um, can he keep up with today's speed? Um, to, it's it's I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. He, he, he hasn't again. It's kind of the same thing where it's like he hasn't he hasn't shined, but he hasn't shined for the wrong reasons either. So um, a, a, a big game for, I, I mean, you go down the roster, every single linebacker outside of Jamie Collins and Alex Anzalone has something really, really big to play for, I think. And I think what's most intriguing about this is that all of these guys are basically new. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. even even though Jamie Collins is here, it's Jamie Collins not in a Patriot system, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, Jelani Tavai is here, but it's a much different looking Jelani Tavai. And then you go down the list, Alex Anzalone, like Jalen Reeves Maven has been a special teams player. Seeing him play on defense is going to be a little bit different. Uh, and, and you know, the other guys you mentioned too are, are new to Detroit. So it, it's going to be something where you're, you're, you're going to learn. I, I feel like we're going to learn a lot about the linebackers in game one. Yeah. And, and the one guy we didn't even mention Tavante Beckett is a guy that again, I think came in with a lot of pre-camp hype, just, you know, because he's kind of that undrafted rookie guy that that tends to get overhyped. But um, he I mean, this is going to be a, he's going to get a lot of time in, in training in, in preseason. Like once those third and fourth quarters roll around, 
and all the the first and second string guys are gone, he's going to be a guy that's going to get a lot of playing time. And if he wants to kind of climb his way up there, uh, he'll have his opportunities. So he's a you know late in the game when maybe you're you're getting a little bit bored. I, I would I would search out Devonte Beckett, um, fifty nine. I want to say yeah, yeah, fifty nine. Yeah. Um, all right, corners. We mentioned Jeff Okuda. I think we're all very, very, very intrigued there. What else are you looking for at the cornerback group? Well, I'm looking to see who starts, right? Like, I feel like we have a good idea that it's going to be Amani on the opposite side of Jeff Okuda. The nickel situation is a little interesting, right? Because Mike Ford, he's repping there all throughout training camp. And then injury to Corn Elder, Nickel Roby Coleman comes in, and all of a sudden Mike Ford is outside. Yeah. And that's that's those are some those are some musical chairs that are moving around there in in the secondary. So that shakes things up um, because I think the nickel corner obviously is such an important position in in today's game. Um, So I I'm really looking forward. I mean, how much is how how much is Nickel Roby Coleman going to play on Friday? I mean, this guy just got here this week. Yeah. Yeah, the answer could be a lot. It could be zero. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he hasn't really done much at camp. He certainly didn't the first day uh, do almost anything. And then today was mostly a walkthrough. So um, I don't think I saw him in a a team. So I almost feel like Mike Ford's going to have to stay at the nickel in this game just out of necessity. They they need bodies there. Like A.J. Parker is a guy who's gotten a lot of reps there. And he's looked kind of well, you know, taking over that role. I think he's still got a really long shot to make the roster, but he's a guy that I think you're going to get a long look at it in 41 there in the slot. Um, but yeah, uh, I, th- this whole kind of, and to be clear, like we're not sure that this move for Mike Ford is, is a permanent one. I think it's just like, let's get Nickel Roby Coleman, some, some reps at nickel so that he can get up to speed, get in football shape, all that sort of stuff. Um, because Mike Ford wasn't bad there, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I am kind of intrigued if, if, but if by the time we get to the regular season, Roby Coleman has, has taken that spot, I think it's certainly possible. And obviously, no Quentin Dunbar. We're not yep. expecting him to play on Friday because he's been out of training camp due to personal reasons. So that's another guy who you figure is going to be. I mean, I think when he was signed, a lot of a lot of us thought he could potentially be, you know, on the opposite side of Jeff Okuda. Like he could be another starter. So. Yeah. Um, not having them, not having him there is obviously going to open up opportunities. I want to give Lions fans one warning. And the, the thing that I'm warning them against is not to put too much stock in how Ifatu Melifanu looks on Friday. I think that he's a guy who we, we talked about it on the podcast earlier this week. I think that he could truly be a guy who almost gets like redshirted in a way. So any reps that he gets in the preseason, don't make too much of it um, because he's he's a guy who I think he comes in with a lot of hype. Jeremy, yeah. like he's a guy who gets drafted in the third round there. You know, there, there there's a lot of expectations that come with that. And especially for a group where it didn't really seem like there was a clear path to starters outside of Jeff Okuda. I think a lot of expectations have been put on him, but I, I just want Lions fans to kind of pump the brakes on him. Yeah, and it, I'll, I'll be kind of interested in seeing where they, they put him because he's been yeah. inside, outside, all training camp, mostly inside. Um, but a lot of times that inside comes, you know, in, in nickel and dime looks. So I don't know if he's only going to be in there when the Lions are in dime, if they give him some outside looks. But, I, you know, I think we'll see a lot of him in the preseason. So um, it'll be a good chance for him to, to kind of rep um, and, and build up that experience. But uh, let's move to the safeties. 
Um, not a ton going on with with injuries there. Uh, luckily, um, you know, um, really nothing, um, which is nice. Um, so you, you got your starters pretty much locked in, I would say, at this point. Um, as, as much as, as Dean Marlowe kind of came in with, with some expectations to, to compete for that other slot. Um, next to uh, Tracy Walker, it looks like Will Harris's spot is is there to stay. So I have to imagine he's probably pretty high up on your list of, of players to watch to see if he takes a step along with all these other secondaries guys that that we we think might. Yeah, what what can and and this kind of goes back to the cornerbacks a little bit too, Jeremy. Um, just because I think the safety position is so solidified, like it's going to be Walker, it's going to be Will Harris. Now there's some depth guys, obviously, like Dean Marlowe. We we probably think is going to make the roster for sure. And then you got some other guys like, you know, CJ Moore. Yeah. You got you got Bobby Price. You yep. got some guys who are going to be looking to make an impact, I think on special teams, but they're going to be getting an opportunity to play safety too, like kind of like right. that Devonte Beckett thing that you said, you know, third and fourth quarter is going to roll around, going to be a lot of opportunities. So, um I wanted to ask you in terms of the back end of the roster in terms of depth when you yeah. look at cornerback when you look at safety who are some of these guys that you see making potentially making an impact on Friday and you know maybe coming off the hits. bubble yeah yeah well I mean I think AJ Parker I mentioned before he's been playing in the slot and been playing playing pretty well um Jerry Jacobs a guy you mentioned who's been at the hip of Jeff Okuda just that alone that kind of initiative goes a long way um, and, mm-hmm. and we've seen him make a couple plays in camp. So I think those are probably two guys at corner you could circle as, as guys t- to look out for. And if, if you guys want numbers there, uh, Jerry Jacobs is 39, AJ Parker is 41. Um, in terms of safety, I haven't really seen a lot out of that group, to be completely honest, that, that makes me think, um, you know, someone could surprise. I, I think I think CJ Moore is locked in just because he's such a key special teamer. And I think Bobby Price is pretty close as well, which means you're already at five there at safety. That might be everybody. Um, but, you know, if, if you just want names out there, um, Elijah Holder uh, is, is 33. He he gets a lot of playing time towards the end of uh, practice, so he'll be out there a lot. Um, and I think that's all I got, man. I I, I just... I don't know who else really has has a, has a chance to make it. To be honest, I mean they they cut D'Angelo Amos already, so um, that's kind of that's kind of the whole safety room there. So I think the safety room might be solidified. But if you're looking for guys that that could maybe work their way on the roster, uh, those are the the names I would throw out there. We did it, Jeremy. Do we do we? Well, we have to talk about special teams. I th- I think we got to talk about kicker battle 2021 because uh, of the, yeah. a whole new wrinkle here. All right, let's do it. I know Hamza isn't here, but I'm gonna try to. <laughs> <laughs> try to do this justice we we can go ahead and just throw long snapper watch off that's that's not a thing at all but there there there's trouble in paradise in in the one spot on the lions roster in which we never have to worry about uh kicker is not going too hot at training camp randy bullock missed another field goal today in a gotta have it situation um i think it was about a 49 50 yard or 40 somewhere between 40 and 50 yards um, and, and the Lions brought a new kicker, Zane Gonzalez, into the mix this week after cutting, um, <clears throat> what's his name? Matthew Wright. Um, yes. I just want to, I mean, I don't know how you break this down. I just want to see some field goals made, man. Mm-hmm. I want to see some field. I want to see some consistency beyond 40 yards. Like if this team isn't going to kick anything beyond 52 yards, fine. That, I mean, it's not great. You know, everyone's like, okay, that's fine. We'll just go to go for it every time. Well, what about when it's the end of the game and you're down two? And you're dry, and you have to drive up the field. Like, 
you're you're now forcing the offense to drive an extra 10, 15, 20 yards down the field instead of sending Matt Prater out there for a 58 yarder. Um, so, you know, I, I, I get why you're just like, oh, it just means we'll go for it. And, and yeah, in theory, that sounds great. But we need to. And, and to be clear, like Zane Gonzalez has a little bit more. He's a guy who can make it beyond 52, 53. He's, he's made a few beyond that which is something, you know, he, he might have over uh, Randy Bullock, but he's also not consistent. And the key to kicking is consistency. So I don't know. Make field goals. Wow. Hashtag analysis there. Make field goals. Make um, field goals. The, the, the only interesting thing about this kicker watch to me is how is this going to break down in the preseason? Like we haven't, we haven't really had to pay attention to a kicker battle in a, a great while because Matthew Prater has just been the uh, epitome the, of stability. So like, is it going to go back and forth with kick opportunities? Like Randy Bullock gets a shot one time and then it's going to be Zane Gonzalez. Is it going to be by drive? Is it going to be by half? Um, is it going to be by situation? Uh, yeah. Who knows? But I don't know. Like like Jeremy said, it all boils down to just make your kicks. Make your kicks. I don't care about kick all of the, the 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 kickoffs into the end zone in the back of the end zone. I don't care about that. Don't just don't kick them out of bounds. Um, but yeah, just make your field goals. And that's it. Like, I, how hard is no? It's it's hard. But Jeremy's auditioning to be special teams coach right now. It's <laughs> nothing to it. Just kick it through the back of the end zone and make it through the uprights. The one promise I'll make as special teams coach is I will never call a rogue fake punt. And with that, folks, that brings (laughs) us to the end of our preview podcast. First bite uh, for myself, Ryan Matthews at Ryan underscore POD and my beautiful co-host, editor in chief of Pride of Detroit, Jeremy Reisman at Detroit Online. It's chaos. Be kind. Dang, you're going to steal my life. You got to come up with your own, dude. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. 
Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.